You're listening to Asbury University's Chapel Podcast, recorded live from our campus in Wilmore, Kentucky. Asbury's Chapel Service hosts speakers from around the world to inspire academic excellence and spiritual vitality. We hope you enjoy today's message. Good morning. Our theme for this morning is community, not neglecting to meet together and encouraging one another. When I first heard this theme, I did not think I had much to say about it, and I still don't know if I do, but we're going to be the judge of that this morning. I've just been caused to reflect on what role community has played in my testimony and how God's just been present in my relationships and just all he's done through that. So I grew up in a very communal culture, Karenza, I grew up in Nigeria, I did, and whether it was like family or your church, I was just constantly around people. But I also, like my parents and just everyone around me would constantly constantly be like, you know, don't trust people or like, you know, not everyone has your best interest in heart to like look out for this or you can tell people things, but don't tell them like, you know, stuff that's personal and intimate to you, like that's your business, not theirs. And whether it was like betrayal or just like people around me and like failed relationships happening, those were like a lot of the models I had growing up. So I never really was like, yeah, I'm all about people and stuff. Like there were people I'd hang out with and be around and they were always around me physically, but never truly being in relationship with them and like knowing them deeply. I think also viewing people this way just caused me to be like, I would say slightly distrusting. It's like, if you think they're out to get you, then you're not really gonna like put much faith in them and stuff. So I think growing up, I was just like very skeptical about things like that. And one area that this was really helpful for me and was just with my faith, because it's like everyone around me, my parents and like just the church, they're all Christians. And it's like, okay, here's this like, you know, faith in things you believe in that I don't necessarily know if I do or if I want to subscribe to. So it was like, I would hold those things like in my hand, like at a distance and you know it's like when the time comes it will be something I would internalize and make personal for myself. I think when I moved to like boarding school for middle school I was that's the first time I was like away from my parents and like some form of freedom at nine years old I guess. That's when I first was like let's see what this relationship with God would look like and you know how can I take it from this level where I'm holding it at to you know something that's personal and meaningful for me. So I just started, like, whether it was being more intentional at church or, like, reading my Bible more or trying to get to know God more personally, I did all those things, and I don't think I was still at, like, you know, the level of saying, yay, I'm all for this, and, you know, that's going to be my whole, you know, life and what defines me. I think when this changed for me was when my mental health, like, just started going really bad. I remember... It was just always a place of like loneliness and whether it was like I was at a low or at a high, it felt like maybe I was too low to even think God was real or like too high to where I'm like, I don't know if I need you today. And I think in those moments was when it was hardest for me to like seek God or like be in that because that's when my reality was most furthest from whatever God was telling me about me and about our relationship. So I think... I would seek God like in between whenever I was having like a challenge or like an episode. And I think it got to a point where like it just wasn't working anymore. And I would like cry out to God like, you know, why is this like this? And I think 
over and over again, like it was never like an instant thing. It just at some point I could hear God saying, you know, if you're not inviting me into this, how like, you know, are you supposed to experience me in that? So it was just like, oh, I have to like consciously invite God into whatever it is I was going through within those episodes. And I did. And it was just like the first time I like had ever truly opened any part of my being to like anybody and like including God, I guess. So it was just a very vulnerable time and like, oh, God is seeing every, like you could always see that, but like now is intentionally like giving that. It's like, it's all open, it's all out there. And it felt scary, but it was also like good knowing that, you know, God was in that with me. And it was just the start of my journey and like fully surrendering everything to God and like working on my first role relationship where it's like, we're both here to commune with each other and like truly know each other. Little did I know that this one relationship would like transform all my others. And it makes sense in hindsight, but like, I just, it didn't hit me then. I like just communing more with God, started to view people differently, whether it's like understanding who God made me to be and like how that impacts everybody else around me. And like, you know, we're all made in God's image. And we hear that a lot, but I think when we think deeper, it's like if everybody's made in God's image, getting to know different people, you're getting to know like a different part of God. You're getting to experience some of God in everybody. And I don't know, it was just like, oh, you know, maybe these people are not so bad after all. They're not out to get you and stuff. So it's like, that's like one of the first steps in like changing how I viewed people. And then even moving on to like this prayer, like one time I was just reading and I found this prayer in like John 17, 20, where Jesus goes, um, my prayer is not for them to be alone. It is that all of them may be one father, just as you are in me and I am in you. And when I first read that, I was like, wow, like Jesus's like heart and desire, his deepest heart and desires for like his community believers to be one with each other, just as the Trinity is. And I'm like, that's a like very intimate and like intense relationship. And I'm like, I'm just still amazed by it. I think just because of how far from it I am in like, how can we truly like know and be in relationship with people in such a like deep way. It was just pretty cool to see like that was Jesus's heart, like when he was praying. And I just always imagine how beautiful it would be if we even like scratched the surface of what that was. But anyways, all of this is like going on in the background as I started Asbury. And coming here, I was like, this place is slightly weird. At first it was like, I don't know, like looking around, it was like either people around me, like relationships didn't have much depth to them or like it was too deep and I'm like, y'all are way too comfortable around each other. But <laughs> I think just God has worked in me and like a lot of growth has happened in how I view relationships, especially in my time at Asbury. I think coming here, like I started to be more intentional about like listening to people and like what does it look like to truly walk with people and be in a relationship with people. While this was like a huge step from where I was before, it was all still very one-sided. Like I think my friends freshman year could be able to testify to this. It's like I would be like, you know, there when they're vulnerable, but I never reciprocated that. And I just wasn't like 
yeah, I'm vulnerable with God and like I have that, like, you know, maybe I don't need to do that with other people. But you know, this was not true. <laughs> I learned that the hard way. It's like, you know, we do need these things. And I think just sophomore year, yeah, sophomore year, first semester, my mental health like took an like even worse dive and it was just like very frequent episodes and it was just very like disorientating for me and I was like, okay, I've definitely lost my grip on reality. And just, it was very hard on like, I still wasn't talking to anybody about this, like just God occasionally, cause that even affected my relationship with God. And I think when I just like fully like, you know, re-surrendered that again, God's like, you know, you need to invite people around you into this, like they're there for that. And you know, I was like, I kind of don't want to. And cause it's just very vulnerable and that's just not like what I was used to. I think, just repeatedly hearing that from God and even like my therapist saying, you know, you need to talk to people about this. I guess it had to be true. So I think one time one of my friends we were just talking, she's like, how have you been? And I think it was like the first time I like ever truly answered that question honestly. And it was like, okay, yeah, like here's what's been going on. There were tears, there were a lot of hugs and stuff, but like it just felt very real. Like I felt like this was the first time a friend I had that was not God could truly see me and like, you know, everything that was consequential to my being at that time. Because if something's like, you know, deeply affecting you and like you're not sharing that with people, it's like whatever version of ourselves we're putting forward, it's still not like the real version and stuff. So it was like just that first time that I was like, yeah, I feel like I am truly seen and like I am reciprocating that like deep relationship. It was very freeing and like just doing this in all my other relationships and talking to more people about things. It's just like I noticed the better quality in my relationships when like, you know, both people are open and it's not just one-sided. When you're like aware of what makes someone, you know when you go like, what makes your wheels turn? When you know that like about people around you, just like that deep knowing. And like, it's not just you, it's like, I think what I like had to realize was that it's not just me, it's not just me and God. It's like me and God and the people God's placed around me. It's like, you know, God's inviting us to this like deeper relationship with him, but like he's not just inviting us to that. He's also inviting us to deeper relationships with those around us. And I think that's how we like can really meet together as the theme of today was talking about, not just being in people's physical vicinities, like that's very easy, but you know, we need to meet each other like where we're at, whether that's our struggles, our successes, failures, dreams, hopes, like just continually encouraging each other and genuinely wanting the best for each other, whereas they're like growth personally or their growth spiritually. And I think we just have to remember that it takes a lot of vulnerability and intentionality to do that. And it might not come as easily for everybody, but like it's so worth a shot. It's not just community on a personal level. Like we also have to think of this as community as a whole. Like Jesus's prayers for oneness is like everybody in this room, we're all in some form of community. And I know we talk about community a lot, it's so important and essential to our being, and we wouldn't stress it that much if it weren't. I think we just have to also be very intentional about letting our relationship with God impact and speak into our other relationships. And overall, I just think it's so neat how it ties back into our greatest commandment as Christians. It's like, you know, love your neighbors as yourselves. And, you know, loving people is getting to know them 
not on a surface level, but very deeply. It's meeting together, encouraging one another, like seeing how to be better and experiencing God together. It's like doing life with people and truly walking with them. Anything less is just unfulfilling for the most part, and it's not the example that God sets for us in our relationship with him. Like God does not just scratch the surface with us. Like he goes deeper, and he's inviting us to do that with everyone around us. So I am just very blessed by the opportunity and like blessing that God's given me by being in relationship with people, like everyone's lives God's put me in and every life God's put in mine. Cause I continually see him reflected in these relationships and how he speaks through them as well. I'm very thankful to have the opportunity to truly know these people and what matters to them. And just to truly experience the community that God envisions for his people. I wanna ask us today to reflect on our experiences with true community. Are we being vulnerable with those around us? Are we being real? Are we encouraging others around us? How can we better stir up people? Are we constantly thinking about how can I, you know, make life better for this person next to me? Are we striving for good together? I feel depressed. I feel alone. I feel anxious. I feel lonely. I feel hopeless. These are some of the phrases and thoughts that have gone through my head over my life, but the most, of, most times that I've thought this was after I graduated high school. If you know me, I really love to plan, and after I graduated high school, I had this whole plan set out for me. I was like, okay, I'm gonna graduate high school. I, I got this plan set out for my life. It's gonna be great. Everything's gonna work out perfect. So the plan was, uh, while I was living at home in Grand Rapids, Michigan, I was going to attend Grand Rapids Community College, get an associate's degree, transfer to Michigan State University, get a bachelor's degree, and become an elementary school teacher. And during this time, I was going to work full-time at uh, McDonald's and get tuition. This didn't quite work out how I planned, because working full-time and then going to school full-time doesn't work out too well. I actually had to drop my classes because I was too busy working. And also, my mom, who was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease my freshman year of high school, was struggling to pay bills for our house, and so I had to pay rent. During this time, this was about spring of 2017, I was starting to fall into a pit of depression. I was comparing my life to other people's on social media, realizing that they were graduating college, they were getting married. I was like, this isn't where I had planned my life to be. I also got introduced to pornography and masturbation, and uh, that also brought me into an even bigger pit of depression. Come summer 2017, these thoughts are and, and phrases are going through my head even more so. And the fall of 2017, I was just done with life. I wanted to say goodbye. I just wanted to stop living. Why am I even living this life? Then came one Sunday, and I believe it was September 2017, my mom asked me if I could bring her to church, and I was like, as the loving son that I am, I was like, of course. So I bring her to church, and I walk into this lobby, and there are signups for this mission trip to Houston, Texas. It was just after this huge hurricane had blown through Houston. And I was like, there was this urge in me that built up, and I was like, I need to sign up for this. If I sign up for this, I can find a purpose. I can find hope and something that I can do with my life. 
So I sign up, I go on this mission trip, and while I'm down in Houston, Texas, I'm like trying to find everything that I can do, trying to find a purpose, trying to find all these different tasks. I even pull leader aside and I say, hey, please continue to give me something to do because if I stop doing something, I feel pointless. I feel like I don't have a purpose. And he's like, yeah, that's fine, we can do that. But let me tell you something that the Bible says. He read to me Psalm 139, which talks about how there is nowhere that I can go to escape from God's spirit. God has a plan for me and a purpose for me and knows every day of my life had it mapped out before I was born. With that came hope. Getting back from Houston, Texas, I started becoming more like a Christian. I started serving. I started reading the Bible more. I was praying. I figured that now that I had the God of creation on my side, who has a plan on my life, there's no way I could fail. I continued to work and save money for school. And after several months of working 10-hour shifts at McDonald's and at different factories, I got some news. My mom's symptoms for Parkinson's were getting worse. And that she needed someone to take care of her 24-7. That way my brother and I could continue to go to school. So the only option for us was to move over to Croswell, Michigan, three hours away from everyone that I had known. And I was like, this is not possible. God is definitely not calling me over there because this is where I've known everyone in my community for 20 years of my life. There's no way the God who, has, who loves me and has a hope in store for me is calling me three hours away from this. So I tried finding my own place to live, and I talked to some guys in a small group that I was attending. And they were like, well, this, this would be a great opportunity for you to honor and serve your mom. So I prayed more. And I was like, maybe God is calling me over there. So I ended up moving over to Croswell. I started working at a different location at McDonald's over there. My brother Gabriel was able to uh, start attending his junior year of high school. While I was over there, I missed the church back home that I was serving at and felt very separated from a loving church community. There were several nights where I felt very alone and was crying out to God. I even had the voices go through my head saying, where is God? God isn't with me, and even going so much as to say there is no God. But something inside of me was uh, stirring, and it was like, there's got to be this hope. There, there has to be something more to this. So I put on a perfect image, and I went uh, to church, uh, uh, to this church, and started serving in this community, acting like everything was okay. And when I was attending this church and uh, entering into a small group, I realized that there are more broken people here than I thought. There are people here who are dealing with hardships just like me, stuff uh, like trying to find a purpose in their own lives. And I'm like, that sounds very similar. So I opened up my story to them. And with that brought freedom, encouragement, and hope into my life. And within the next several months, I started attending a new community college. I found myself in uh, a lot more prayer, writing my thoughts in a journal, reading scripture, and wanting to grow more in my relationship with Christ. After about a year, I felt a call into ministry. And uh, the youth pastor at my church at the, uh, at the time was like, hey, you should check out this school called Moody Bible Institute. It's great. It's where I graduated. And I was like, okay, sweet. This is where God's calling me. 
definitely going there, no doubt about it. And my mom says, well, guess what? Your aunt and uncle, they graduated from a school called Asbury University. I was like, no, I'm not going to even bother with that. I'm going to focus on Moody. God is calling me to Moody. The pastor said it, obviously. My mom's like, okay, if we're going to go visit Moody Bible Institute in Chicago, you have to go visit Asbury. So I was like, okay, fine, I'll do it. So I went to Chicago, and uh, like, I do not like city driving. It gives me a lot of anxiety. So I was freaking out the entire time we were in Chicago. But then I come to Asbury, and it felt like home. And so, as you can tell, I ended up choosing that option. But coming to Asbury, I knew how much I needed God in my life. From looking back at where I had been, uh, my separation from community, realizing that I needed God in my life, not just in the background, but I needed him in every detail of my life. Telling him what was on my mind, telling him what I was going through, telling it, uh, him uh, the joys and the, the excitements in my life. And I came to Asbury still struggling with loneliness, separation, I transferred halfway through the school year, uh, and uh, I didn't know a lot of people. I was still uh, dealing with thoughts of porn. I was still uh, feeling depressed because I had moved seven and a half, eight hours away from my family. But I knew that I needed God, and I knew I needed community in my life. So I set up a good wall of community that continually encouraged me um, as I continued my time here at Asbury. With God and with community, I have found freedom from all that, and, and any thoughts of hopelessness or loneliness that come through my mind are quickly diminished. All this is because of the hope that I continually have in my relationship with Christ and through the community of people I have surrounding me. I don't know every single person in this room, and I don't know exactly what you all are going through. Everyone here is dealing with something or has dealt with something. And you have a God that is wanting to partner with you in your life, live life with you, not leave you alone. Even more so, there's a very strong chance that someone in this room is going through a similar situation as you. So you don't have to put up a perfect image. You can let your walls down. A question I have for this whole room is that what would happen if Asbury started to live as a community that came together, lived life with each other, shared in their hardships, and found their hope in God and community. Thank you.